Welcome to the Andy Mazur Podcast. I'm Andy, and thank you for being here. Remember, hit that subscribe button if you like what you're hearing, wherever you may be listening across the many different podcasting platforms on Spotify, Google, Anchor, and Apple Podcasts. I've also created a YouTube page, so just search Andy Mazur Podcast for video trailers of each week's podcast, and I certainly appreciate you checking us out. This podcast is sponsored locally by Roots Pizza, with four convenient Chicago area locations there's sure to be a Roots Pizza near you. Stop in for Quad City-style pizza with a sweet malted crust, and don't forget to order the mozzarella sticks. They are unforgettable and life-changing. For more information, head to rootspizza.com. Today, we'll meet the founders of a brand new app that will tell you exactly how much your card collection is worth. I'll welcome Brian Ludden and Heather Denniston from Ludex. They're using AI to scan your card via your smartphone to tell you what that 1992 Ken Griffey Jr. card is worth. From baseball cards to Magic the Gathering cards, their app can tell you. So here we go. It's the Andy Mazur Podcast with the founders of Ludex, Brian and Heather. This is the Andy Mazur Podcast. All right, attention all you card collectors out there. We have the people that can tell you exactly how much your card collection is worth with us here today. Brian Ludden and Heather Denniston, who are co-founders of the website Ludux.com. And again, it's an app, and I, you guys describe it. It's, it's better than coming from you guys. Sure, absolutely. Well, you know, there was a, during the pandemic, obviously, we were all at home uh, with a lot of time on our hands. And my son and I got out my collection from uh, my childhood and we were enjoying ourselves. So we went and bought a pack of cards from eBay of the new new uh, generation of cards. And I could not tell you, Andy, I couldn't tell you what the cards were. I couldn't tell you what they were worth. There's like eight variations of every card. And so our fun factor was like crashing <laughs> and the frustration was going through the roof. So um, it was kind of like an invention by necessity. I wanted it really share this hobby with my son but i didn't have the knowledge and so i went and created an ai company that would um uh, identify cards tell you what card you have tell you um all the data you need with that card but and also tell you what it's worth so what i try to do is lower the bar for people to get in and use and use ludx to um as the tool and the caveat to continue collecting cards in today's uh in today's era yeah, you know, you touched on something, too, that, that kind of hits me, too, because, you know, I, I remember collecting cards when I was a kid. I have no idea what happened to any of those cards. I'm not sure where they went. They disappeared. I'm sure, like, everybody tells you the same thing, and then you start to collect again, and I did that during the pandemic. As a matter of fact, I want to show you guys my collection so far during the pandemic. Awesome. Yeah, it's, uh, for those that are just listening, it, it is uh, basically two shelves of a closet filled with boxes of baseball cards, and... You know, I told my fiance who, after she's like, oh, come on, what are you doing? Are you buying more baseball cards? I said, you know, I could be into a lot worse things. So just be thankful that I'm only into <laughs> baseball cards, right? So true. So she kind of she kind of acquiesced to that. But, you know, if you can see in that collection, I, I do have some new stuff. But I went back to the old stuff because, to me, the new stuff, like you said, it, it's so segmented and there's so many refractors and high numbers and blah, blah, blah. And just so many of these cards that are coming out, there's there's almost too many of them. Yeah, like anything today, right? It's like yeah, like TMI, like just too much information, and and then uh, I feel like as a for me, the more if I don't have knowledge and information, I kind of tend to like just drift away and do something else. So 
Yep, you're exactly right, Andy. It's it's tough out there. Yeah, it's tough. That's why we're here. Yeah, exactly. And Heather, I mean, speak to the fact too that you know people can come to your site, people can download your app, and then they're going to get a really good idea of what their collection is actually worth. A lot of people don't want to sell them, but it's nice to know what they are. Yeah, to track, watch it grow, just like any uh, commodity you want to see um, uh, grow over time. And whether it's a stock that you're watching in your portfolio or um, Brian always likes to use the analogy of, of digitizing the collection is similar to using kind of like how the CDs were to the iPod. Uh, when we moved our collections from record players and CDs to into our phones, that's really what we're doing with cards, all different types of cards. So it's sports cards, trading cards, gaming cards. So Pokemon, Magic the Gathering, uh, we're currently um, hosting as well and identifying. And it's really being able to have that collection with you and watch it grow over time. And then also engage with other collectors, people who love and have a passion for these cards, love talking about it. So creating a space that's safe, uh, where there's some accountability for how they trade. Um, and that's really what we're doing is really meeting the community of collectors right where they are and creating a new platform for them to love their hobby. The, the reason I found you guys and at first is because during the pandemic and during all this stuff, when I, I figured out I had that crazy collection that I showed you, I Googled the, I Googled organize my card collection. And you guys were one of the first ones that came up and I hit the, and I hit it and I'm like, wait a minute, this is pretty cool. I mean, because, you know, I'd love to know the value, but I'd also love to know which cards I have without having to go through every single one of them. Yeah. I mean, the values, the value is fun. I mean, it, it doesn't matter if you, it doesn't matter if it's going up a nickel every card or 10 cents or 20 cents, but it is cool when people do flip that card and it's worth, you know, $30 or $40. You're like, Whoa, this is cool. I'm going to take care of this. So it's like a treasure hunt a little bit. And we're kind of like the metal detector. Uh, but everyone collects differently. You know, Andy, like you start collecting, you like what was nostalgic to you and right. it has value to you. There's, there's extrinsic value and intrinsic value on everything. And, uh, I'm kind of with you. I like to go to the vintage. Um, those guys can't get hurt. <laughs> they right. can't get arrested. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Not going to go in a slump, you know, so, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's it's funny, too, because, you know, I went back way back now. You know, Ron Santo and I had had a relationship from our from our broadcast with the Cubs, and I also had a relationship with Ed Farmer and with Darren Jackson of the White Sox. So I went on eBay, and I'm, I'm collecting all of their cards. I have every single Darren Jackson card every single Ed Farmer card and now every single Ron Sano card. And I just look at them Perfect. and I'm like, this is the, this is awesome. I mean, I, I've got, a, I've got a slice of people that I actually know and have worked with mm -hmm. to sit in my collection. And I, I think that's, that, that's kind of what you're talking about. Yeah. It's not just um, the most valuable cards. Like a lot of people, a lot of people in the hobby talk about, Oh, this card's worth $1,500 or I just traded it and, you know, made a hundred percent of its value. Uh, but it is that kind of what, what matters to you, those personal connections, whether it's a memory of watching a certain game or being at a certain game or knowing somebody personally. Like some of my cards mean nothing to a lot of people. Like I have I have this Game of Thrones card that was signed by Sansa Stark. So um, that it, its value is, is really more personal than anything. Uh, but it's fun being able to have that in your collection. If you can imagine those cards, your Ron Santo deck, having that in a deck on your phone and be able to slide through um, and see all of them in one place. Yeah. And, you know, not the name drop here, but I got to work with Tony Gwynn when I was in San Diego as well. And I started collecting all of his cards and he has a card that he signed for me. It's of him fishing. 
it's an upper deck card, oh, and wow. it's of him fishing, and I've never been able to get a value on it. I would never part with it because, you know, Tony was a good friend, and, you know, I, I miss him dearly, and he, you know, I watched him sign it with a pen right in front of me. And But there's, yeah. there's, there's so many unique cards, and I'm, I'm curious, too, about, you know, your technology because a lot of collectors are into the fact that, okay, there's a mistake on the card. Okay, there's a, it's, it's cut a different way than other cards. Are you able to are you able to, to, to uh, decipher that with your app? Well, not we, not necessarily all the all the um, there's a lot of fraudulent cards. Out yeah, there. I agree. People, the Michael Jordan card is like a like they'll print their own card, and so there's a lot of stuff out there that's just like buyer beware. It's hard to really catch them all. I think we got like 17 million different cards in our database. Uh, so, you know, we're a membership model and I think, you know, one of the advantages of membership model is keeping a lot of the people who want to rip other people out of it. Yeah, um, the, bad you know, the bad actors tend to not want to pay the membership model to rip people off. So hopefully we're able to do that, but there are some cards we can, there's a Billy Ripken card, a pretty famous, uh, Billy Ripken card that has a little message on yep. the bat knob that it's not for, uh, this, uh, podcast, but. Uh, there's some of those cards we got through, so we could actually put that card in our tech and have it as that kind of uh, card. So we can uh, hard code some of those error cards. And you were mentioning like condition too, mm -hmm. like um, whether it's centering or uh, other factors that that add value to um, the overall um, price of a card, right? So initially, when we started Ludex, it was something that we really it was a challenge that we were really excited about seeing if we could tackle. And um, ultimately, we 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 decided that the most important problem that we needed to solve for the hobby at first was the identification component. So we have spent millions of dollars and millions of hours mm -hmm. into creating our AI that correctly identifies card types. So that's the biggest problem for raw cards in the hobby. So we, we solved that problem. Next, The next problem that we are looking at solving is how can we add value to helping people understand um, those kind of like errors or quality variances in their cards, whether it's kind of centering or an edge. So we believe that our AI will be able to capture some of that, but ultimately our grading companies are out there doing a really, really good job of that. And we hope to really partner with some of them um, uh, and be able to provide a, a one-click button to getting your card graded to simplify the process. Andy, do you have any of those uh, error cards? I do, actually. I have, you know, I just, I, it's funny. I got a Carmen Fanzone. You remember him from the Cubs? Yeah. He played, he played the trumpet, too. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, this one here is cut no. off of the top. I'm showing these guys the card at the oh, top. Yeah. So, I mean. <laughs> oh, that's a really good. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> I, I continue to read up on these things. And, you know, I'm familiar with the Billy Ripken card that you talked about. But the, the one that's out there that, that has me befuddled because I actually have it. And I don't know if it's real or not. Is the Frank Thomas uh, Auburn jersey with no name on the card at all? I've been told by people that I know That's in the what? It's what? Go ahead. Oh, I was saying. I mean, I've been told by by thousands of people, different things, a thousand different things. One says, "Oh, that's worth fifteen grand." Oh, that's not worth anything. Oh, that's worth twelve grand. I mean, it's it's crazy. Yeah, that card. The the, the miscuts. Uh, if you think about quality control back in like the eighties and nineties, I don't, they didn't care. They just cut the sheets and like, those aren't necessarily very valuable. It's the print ones. It's the, that, that Thomas card is a valuable, is definitely a valuable one. It's one of the highest valuable uh, mistake cards. Cause it, it really was a print mistake by the company and 
and, and people like to collect those. So that card is worth more than his card that actually has everything on there. My guys know there. I got like five guys back here that I could I yell out the door and, tell, and they would tell me what it's worth. But it's worth. It, that's a good one. That that one and Griffey has Griffey has one where he had a big scar on his on his uh, um, elbow that they they like whited out. So there's there's a handful of them that are worth a lot, and then there's a lot of them are just fun to have because they're so bad <laughs> yeah i mean there's, there's one i remember i think it was a jerry morales card from way back in the day he was listed as on the cubs but it was a it was a san diego padres jersey yeah i mean they, they quality control yeah. they yeah. not care yeah yeah I, I really i think that you know if there's if there was a silver lining to uh to the pandemic it was the fact that people got back into this because i think people were losing interest because, you know, these guys are making so much money, first of all, and there's not a lot of guys that want to sign the cards anymore. And, uh, I, I, you know, from your perspective, too, I mean, have you noticed uh, an uptick now of, of people that are subscribing because, you know, there are people like me that have just gotten recently gotten back into it? Yeah, for sure. We just got back from the National Card Shows in Atlantic City. Um, and it was, I mean, it's amazing how many people are in it. And, um, but everyone's in it for a different reason. Like, you know, you're one of probably eight different kind of people that would sign up for Ludux and find different value in Ludux. But yeah, it's, I mean, I didn't know that much about the current hobby, but as I've integrated more and more in the last year and a half or so, two years, it it's fun, man. And next year, well, we're having a show in uh, end of um, August, we're having a Ludux card show in um, Rosemont at the Skyline Arena August 27th. And so starting our own card shows in Chicago, just to get, get our name out there. But I mean, it's amazing. Even that show people are, there's a waiting list for tables for vendors and it's great. It's all free. It's all covered by Ludex, but the, uh, the national will be in Chicago next year and that will be fun. It's a home game. So yeah. I'm looking, we're looking forward to that. You gotta love home games. Definitely. Uh, what's been the, what, what's been the reaction you've gotten? Uh, I don't know if you get comments or you get emails from collectors and, uh, you know, either a saying, okay, well we need this or, Hey, I, I don't think we need that. Or I'd like to be able to talk to so-and-so because he has a card that I might be interested in buying. Are you getting a lot of that? Yeah, I think early on, you know, we definitely did uh, surveys to determine um, at shows uh, what people needed and what their kind of the pain points were. Um, so quickly understanding how organization, helping to organize a collection, whether it be by player or by sport or uh, by card category, that was a value. Um, again, beyond knowing actually what the card variation was to begin with or the parallel to begin with, that, that was a problem that was early, early on identified. But um, the organization is definitely a piece. And then uh, being able to track its value and know uh, as your card um, changes in, in price um, was a huge, huge uh, value add as well. And that just shows it's interesting when people come up to the booth. Um, one guy's like, it. I went, I moved three times and I brought these cards with me all three times. And my wife was like, you can't keep bringing these. But then he used Ludex and it turned into, he's like, then I got, I went on a vacation with him. And it was like, <laughs> I got the last lap. We paid for a vacation. And he goes, I knew I brought these cards around for a reason. Um, and a lot of the stuff like um, a lot of, uh, you know, father, son, a lot of uh, uh, older gentlemen who, who, you know, want to monetize their collection. Cause they're like, I don't, I'm afraid if something happens, my family won't know what to do with it, but now 
it's on Luddex and they, I have them in my collection. Uh, there's story, there's stories all over, but mostly the funny thing is, is that we have been adding sports, you know, you know, based on popularity or whatnot, but it's when baseball's out there, they want football. When football's out there, they want basketball. When basketball's out there, they want uh, garbage pail kids. You know, it's like <laughs> they want everything. So by the end of September, we'll have every single card that's ever been printed from garbage pail kids, Star Wars, to Marvel, everything by the end of September. It's it's amazing. And it's amazing to me to think about how, how technology has come as far as it has, because I remember sitting on my front steps with my buddies trading our cards, you know, just going, hey, I'll take this for that. I'll take this for that. And then it evolves, you know, into going online to do it. And now it's evolving into just picking up your phone and being able to do it. I'm just curious, you know, I know there's a lot of th- stuff that I'm not going to understand about how this works. But, I mean, there, there's a big undertaking here, isn't there? Yes, it's taken us um, the lion's share of the last year just um, – really just almost a year and a half worth of work um, to solve the problem. The AI machine learning, uh, deep learning models that um, we've created that are proprietary to Ludex um, are very layered and complicated. Um, you know, from using image similarities to parts of OCR, um, to facial recognition, different components all layered together that really ended up being the trick, uh, the secret sauce, if you will, that solved the problem of identification. So yes, it's it's definitely complicated and layered and it's beyond even our capacity to, fr- I'm glad we have people that work with us that, um, <laughs> that are experts in what they do. Uh, so, and we're really lucky to have built a really talented, smart team. And I'm sure this is kind of an attractive thing if you go around and say, hey, let's invest in this because so many people are into this, first of all. And I was reading, of course, that you got uh, you got Brian Erlacher to come on board. And I'm I, that's a huge get, not just because, you know, he played in the NFL and he's so recognizable here in Chicago, but also he's got a plenty of cards that might be worth something, too. Yeah, it, it was he's been a friend of mine for a while and <clears throat> I knew this was going to be up his alley, but um He's been a great partner. He's a good friend, and uh, he's excited to get on it, get on to Ludic, the Ludix platform. He's not a huge card collector, but he's learning more and more. But he did bring in a box of his rookie cards, and he's like, man, I got this many cards at home. And he brought him into the office, and the guys looked at it and priced them out for him. And, yeah, he's it's, it's easy to get back in because as he collected cowboy cards when he was growing up. So it's all nostalgia for guys, you know, to look back at and – it tells a story and brings you back to a time. Like you said, you're sitting on your steps trading with your buddies. Like I, there's like, that's a visceral feeling today that you have that's never going to leave you. And if you could put those three guys or four guys on that step again at this age, you do the same thing. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's such a cool hobby and people do love it. Yeah. It's yeah. awesome. It's funny. I'm, I'm showing folks at home here, the, uh, the cardboard conversations, that's what it's called. The, the, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was I was watching this thing for a little bit here, and you know Erlacher was hilarious. And now I covered Erlacher when he was a rookie and through the Bears, uh, uh, pretty much through his career. And I'm watching this guy all of a sudden be this jokester, and we couldn't get him to say three words in his rookie year. <laughs> he's yes, he's actually he's hilarious, and his personality is so different. Uh, it was yes sir, yes sir, no sir, head down, boom out. But yeah, he's we have we have a fun time together. It's fun. Yeah, he's he's pretty cool. I mean, anybody? I mean, are there any other big names that uh, that that got on board here? Yeah, we um, also are working with Cassius Marsh, who also played for the the Bears and is very very well um, 
well known in the Magic the Gathering card uh, community. And um, he has I don't know, hundreds of thousands of followers and um, hosts a, a Friday night um, uh, trading magic. night, uh, magic uh, gaming night on Friday nights. And um, so he's actually come aboard to help as not just as an ambassador of the brand, but also to, as a consultant and how we can best craft um, our platform to, to serve the needs of the Magic the Gathering community. Um, so Cassius has been a huge um, asset in informing kind of how we're building out the platform. Where Erlocker is, is serving more as that, that brand ambassador as well as an investor, um, Cassius has been um, a, kind of a really invaluable partner. And because Brian and I weren't very familiar with Magic the Gathering when we started doing this. So it was really great to work with somebody who's an expert in the space. Believe it or not, Early in my life, uh, actually in the mid-90s, I actually sold cards to stores. Uh, I was working for a company wow. that, that actually did that. And I remember picking up the phone. Back in, that, in those days, it wasn't really computerized. It was you know basically picking up the phone and calling the manager of a Walgreens or the manager of a uh, Safeway or whatever it was at that point. And you're, you're trying to tell them all the new cards that you had in stock. And I think Magic the Gathering was starting to come out at that point, and it was just one of those things that, you know, I never got into, but boy, oh boy, was it popular back then. Yeah, it, it, Magic's a funny, it's a funny crew. They're, they're very protective, but 30 million people play it worldwide. And do you, uh, Cassius, do you remember with Cassius Marsh, like the, it was a Bears game, Monday night game against the Steelers last year, and he got a sack in the fourth quarter, and the referee kind of put, put his ass into him. Or yeah, Tony Carrenti. Yeah, Carrenti. Well, that's how we got in touch with them because the guys came to work. We're all like, that was crazy. Like, I can't believe we lost the game because of that. And then the guys are like, hey, he, he loves to collect cards. So I cold called them like five days in a row, his uh, card shop in L.A. And they finally got me in touch with them. And he invested. And now he's doing it with Ludex. So it was because of Carrente knocking back into him that Cassius is a part of Ludex. <laughs> Don't get me started on officiating in the NFL, please. We, oh, yeah. we, we can go on a tangent. We can go on a tangent. We'll be here for hours because of – you talk about not having a feel for a game when the guy used to play for the Steelers and he's, he's just talking. That's all he was doing. Yeah, it's amazing. It, uh, maybe I'll start some AI to, for uh, referee grading. Grade <laughs> <laughs> out their performance. So I, I know it's not just the two of you there. You, you, you've got the, the guys I saw on the, on the uh, cardboard collections as well, and I'm sure you have a lot of technical guys that, uh, that are uh, coding things and all that. Uh, how, big, how big a company are you guys right now? Approaching 30 employees, full-time employees, and um, you know, between marketing and member experience, one thing that we really invested in is making sure we had a team of um, to support our members as they join the platform. So we have a member experience team, a marketing team, and obviously our IT, um, uh, AI, and technical development development team as well. Yeah, those are those are the guys that are behind the scenes and really making this thing go and making it work. I mean, it's. It's amazing to me how these keep how these guys know and how this technology just absolutely it, it, it works. I mean, that's that's the thing that it's crazy. Yeah, it is. It is crazy. So one of the things that was important to us early on, um, and that's why we're so excited to be talking to you, Andy, is is that um, you know Brian and I are both from Chicago. Went to school in Chicago. Um, 
Erlacher is a Chicago athlete. Um, you know, we really wanted to build something in this town that we love and are so like committed to. And so we're proud to have opened an office in River North and have people coming back to work. And we built out a really cool, fun space for people that want to, after being, you know, through the pandemic, like nobody wanted to go back to work. So creating a space that people wanted to come back to work and bring business back into the city of Chicago and be proud of what we've built. Um, you know, tech is, is really, uh, uh, obviously, it's very heavy in Silicon Valley and, and even in New York, but Chicago, we, we have a real tech community here, and we're really proud to be a part of it and to be kind of like um, uh, and, and the, proud of the team that we've built that are also kind of born and bred here in Chicago. And I'm sure your your staff ranges, in age, there's a huge difference in age range. I'm sure that it goes, spans the gamut, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm towards the high end. <laughs> <laughs> I might be one bookend. Ah, I, didn't, yeah. I, I didn't want to go there, yeah. but you know, if you want to go there yourself, that's fine. I'm sure I got you by a couple of years as well. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm a veteran. Let's just call it that. Way. Yeah. Uh, talk to me about the uh, about the the pricing and and some of the things that uh, that people can expect when they go to ludx.com and click on everything and 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 go surfing for the first time on your website. So one of the things that was really important to us is to lower the barrier to entry. Um, so we have, we want people to be able to try out a LUDX um, uh, very easily. So you have a free trial straight away. And then our membership model is really just, it then opens up all the features and functionality of the platform. So you can start for a couple of weeks and then you have um, the prices is uh, $19.99, but right now we're actually cutting that in half. So we have a limited um, for, uh, trial, it's, it's $9.99 a month or is it $89 a year, um, is limited pricing. So it's half off right now until we get all the card types in there. We thought it was best that we just, um, kind of lower that barrier. Um, so that's all they have to do. We have it, um, through both the app, Apple app store as well as Google play store. Um, so both Samsung users, Apple users all have the opportunity to download LUDX on their phone. I know there was a big rollout too because I when I Googled it and I told you that you know I was I was Googling you know organize your card collection and you guys came up there and you weren't ready yet and you were you were taking emails and I got the I, you know I, I put my email address in there and I, I I got it and I was like wait a minute is this the, okay yeah this is what I was waiting for right so I, I you know I've checked it out it it, it looks really impressive I mean it, it the whole thing just kind of it kind of speaks to me, obviously, as a, as a card geek, and I'm sure it, it, it speaks to a lot of people as well. But it, it's it's well presented, in my, in my opinion, it's very well presented. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. And it was, you know, AI is tough. It's stubborn. Tech's stubborn. So we did get caught a little bit, uh, you know, behind the eight ball with some COVID stuff and some coding uh, technology stuff we ran into. So it gets better and better every day. And like I said, we're getting above. Uh, we're going to have all cards at the end of September and the identification is going to be over 90% of, um, of every card. So it, it's a, it's going to take time, but it gets better every, every day. And Heather, that's gotta yeah, be, that's gotta be the exciting part. It's hard to cut you out there. It's, it's gotta be the exciting yeah. part because it's always evolving because where you are today is not where you're going to be next week. True that. And then we're also adding more and more. So we're excited to add a trading platform. So kind of going back to you on your front step trading with your buddies, we're going to have that um, in a in a protected platform uh, for people to trade. Um, also, right now, we're going to offer a, a, a click to eBay. So it's just a one quick um, connection point to eBay where they can populate um, their cards it happens automatically and they're easily able to sell on the eBay marketplace. 
Um, we also have um, big ideas about uh, creating a metaverse um, kind of virtual card show, um, working with Roblox. And uh, so we have lots of ideas and lots of fun um, features and functionality coming down uh, down the roadmap. We'll have more of our conversation with Brian and Heather in just a moment. The Andy Mazur Podcast is sponsored by Roots Pizza, part of the 5050 Group, with four locations throughout the city of Chicago, South Loop, Old Town, Lincoln Square, and the flagship restaurant in West Town. Roots features quad city-style pizza with the ingredients on top of the cheese, and it's cut into strips. The crust is malted for that hint of sweetness with every bite. Don't forget to order the mozzarella sticks. They are simply life-changing. Roots is open for dine-in and carry-out. For the restaurant location near you, head to rootspizza.com or download their app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Roots Pizza, take it from me. It's so good. The Andy Mazer Podcast. Now, here's Andy. You know, I asked you about the, the age range of your of your staff. What, what have you noticed the age range of, of people that are, are checking you out and, and subscribing? It's, uh, I, I always say it's 880 in all, you know. <laughs> even other sides of that but there's there's a definitely the probably the most excited uh and they're on tech you know they're they're already used to the tech so they're on social media seeing our ads but it's that kind of the robin hood uh generation uh who use uh, lifestyle card shoes as um alternative investments mm -hmm. so probably you know the ages of 25 to 35 are really active because uh, they, they would rather have their favorite player's rookie card than a stock certificate. Um, and it, it's, I, 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 didn't, I didn't believe it, but, you know, <laughs> it, it's true. <laughs> yeah, so they're all over. Yeah, I believe it. And, and if, you, if you can't give away trade secrets, feel free to tell me to, to mind my own business. But uh, you, guys have, you guys have your own separate people that are, are grading cards and pricing them, or are you using one of the, the well-known uh, brands out there? So grading, we're not doing any of the grading. Okay. Uh, but we did, I was a finance guy. I traded, uh, I had a company on the CBOE and the Merck and the Board of Trade for 25 years. That's, that was my first and only career after college. And so we did write some pricing algorithms that, that we put together and we're grabbing it from four or five different uh, marketplaces and we're aggregating it and then we're cleaning it and running it again. Cause there's a lot of people that are trying to put cards on there for bad prices. And then we just kind of bring it in house and we just give it a range. So let's say a card, we go out there and we, we clean the data and it's a $15. This is like Ryan Sandberg card, you can see right there. Rookie auto. Rookie mm -hmm. auto, that card, we might end up with an algorithm that's it's a $100 card. So we'll just say it's worth between 50 and 150 and we'll mark it at a hundred. Yeah, it makes sense because it's hard to make sense out of, you know, if you go to, to Beckett or you go to PSA and you go on their, their websites or you go to their books and, and there's such a difference and you wonder, okay, what, what's the criteria that one company is using that the other company isn't or vice versa? There is none. <laughs> That's what I mean. It and just eBay, doesn't make any sense. And eBay really controls the market. Uh, they probably do the most, but eBay, you could put whatever you want in there. I could have, I could have a card worth a hundred dollars and put it for a thousand. And then it kind of moves, it ruins kind of the people's perspective of really what the card's worth. A confused marketplace. That's really what eBay tries to do. Uh, and we're just trying to clean it up and make it as good as we possibly can. But that was a tough problem also to solve too. So we solved, what do you, what do I have? And what is it worth? Those are the two questions. And uh, they were both equally difficult. <laughs> 
Yeah, eBay certainly has uh, has come around and, and caused some issues. I mean, I, I've, I've gotten a few of these cards. I will admit that I've got a few of them off of eBay. But I, I've gone to companies that, I, I, that I've worked with before and I've trusted that they're actually sports card uh, companies that are you know, ones that have their own brick-and-mortar stores. And I try to avoid the mom-and-pa kind of uh, folks because you don't know. I mean, you just don't have any idea. And it's, it's, it's dicey sometimes. I mean, it really is when you think you have a card that's worth, you know, X and it's worth, you know, half of that, if you're not, if you're that. Yeah, it's hard. It's like, it's very, it's difficult uh, to, when you go on eBay and they control most of the market. Um, they really do. But with Laudex, hopefully it gives you more confidence, right? So if you scan a card on Laudex or if you put a card in because you want to buy it on Laudex, you're going to have a good bumper of like what it should be worth, you know, and, and like, we're not authentic, we're not authentic um, graders or authenticators, or we're just giving the collector more information than they've ever had at their fingertips. That's it. We're just there to provide information. And we've spent a lot of money and a lot of time doing it. And I think the hobby has, has wanted this for a long time. And, and hopefully it shows that um, people sign up for Lonex. I want to get into your guys' background, too, here real quick. Brian, you mentioned uh, that you had a, a company on the CBOE. I know you were a, a college athlete as well. And, uh, you know, uh, first of all, how good were you at Northern yeah. Illinois, right? I was, I was, I was, I was, yeah. I, I actually have his card back here somewhere. I saw, I saw it on the website. Yeah, I saw, I think yeah. I, as I was looking at you guys, I think I may have seen you on LinkedIn. I think that, that, that card might be there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so. I was, you know, I played um, baseball at uh, Andrew High School in Tinley Park, and then I was, um, I went to Moraine Valley, which is a ju- junior college out by uh, where I grew up, and I played basketball and baseball there, and then I was lucky enough to get a scholarship to go to Northern, and then after my senior year, um, I got a bus ticket uh, with the Phillies to go to Wilkes-Barre, um, and that's pretty much what it was, because I, at senior year, you have no leverage at all. My dad called me and goes, you, are you really going to do this? Do you really have the fire? And I'm like, no, I don't. Because I saw, I saw guys that were five times better than me sitting in, you know, 28 years old in double A. And I'm like, I just saw the writing on the wall and said, you know, I want to go get my finance degree started. And I, I was blessed down there uh, to learn what I learned and, and create the company I created and work with the guys that I was able to work with um, down there. It was a wonderful career and, uh, it, you know, propelled me to where I'm at today. Heather, what's your what's your background? So my background is more HR operations and strategy. Um, I spent uh, about 15 years in HR, different levels of roles, um, finishing with talent acquisition. And I had my own search firm and boutique consulting company, Grayson and Graham. Um, and then I went back to school to pursue kind of my, my dream of getting my PhD. So the last handful of years, that's what I was focused on. And and when Brian had this idea to start this company, um, I, I thought it was a great opportunity for me to come in and kind of leverage my background in operations and HR and help him kind of operationalize the vision and make uh, his dream a company. And so that's really what my role has been is building out the teams and helping to um, really just operationalize the vision. So what's it like working together? I know that you guys are, are more than just business partners. <laughs> so true. Yes. Uh, you know what? I will say, like some people ask me, you know, what, what's what's been the your um, like the biggest surprise or the best part of, of starting Lettix? And one of my answers is always about like how fun it is to work with Brian. I really just have enjoyed building this with him. When we were dating, uh, uh, 
we talked about starting a company together and it's something that we we're both entrepreneurs at heart and uh, it just was just a really natural fit. The timing was right. Uh, the product was right. Our backgrounds are very complementary in terms of what his strengths are versus mine. So uh, for me, I, I, it's been a blast. I, I'm, I, I'm really living the dream. And Brian? And, and for me, it's, uh, <laughs> I, I tend to be a macro guy, idea guy. My, my brain moves and uh, I, I miss a lot of, uh, of details. And when I was starting this company, Heather's like, I'm, I'm like, she's exactly what, what I'm looking to hire. And, you know, I know that if you can align us together, it's helped a lot because she understands the work we're putting in. She understands, she cares about the business. She knows exactly what I'm, my strengths are and weaknesses are. And it's been, so you just trust, you know, when you can trust your first partner and your founder, uh, it helps a lot. Just concentrate on building the brand and building the company. I know this is kind of, uh, you're still feeling your way through, you know, trying to get subscribers and things of that nature with, uh, with the cards. Have you thought long-term about all the different memorabilia that's out there and, you know, signed baseballs or whatever? I mean, I, I know that gets a little more difficult because of authentication and everything, but uh, have you thought along those lines? Absolutely. You know, we're talking about what, how the different use cases we can use um, our AI um, to identify in terms of the collectibles kind of the, the easy, like low hanging fruit would be coins and stamps and anything that we can scan, uh, watches. Um, uh, but in terms of authentication, that's that's really gonna be further out there. It's more about what can we scan and identify and gather pricing on and that people can store their collections digitally. We're talking about handbags. That's a huge market, uh, second secondary uh, luxury handbags. That's Jeez. definitely something, shoes. Um, shoes are a huge uh, collector's item right now. People just are are just having them in their boxes on the shelves, never walking in them. Um, so sneakers is a, is a big market. So I think there's a lot of um, opportunity to build different verticals um, as we as we grow. That that's one of them that I couldn't understand the sneakers because if I got a pair of Jordans, I'd be wearing them all. The, I'd be showing. Them, I, I don't want to show them off. I couldn't. I could not put them on my feet. Yeah. No. It's amazing. Those 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 are crazy people. People will get like in line to get the first release of, and they're 200 bucks and they'll resell them for 900 that day. I mean, it's, it's, and that's that, that Robin Hood, you know, generation yeah. and adds a lot of excitement to a lot of things. But like Heather said, our tech doesn't care if it's a, a watch or a, a card. Uh, but the autographs is super interesting because we just got back from Cooperstown. Uh, they invited us to go out and, and um, set up there during the, uh, the weekend with David Ortiz. But everyone kept saying, hey, what about the autographs? What about the autographs? We do have some technology that's pretty cool to determine like the authenticity of an autograph. But anytime I'm trying to stay away from being the authority. And if we do it, it's gonna be like, hey, in, it's our, in our best opinion using our proprietary software, we believe this is an accurate signature. Uh, and that's how I think it'll end up being instead of just like, Stamp. A stamp of like yes or no this is real or not it's it's again going back to what brian said about giving giving our members more information than they've ever had before so we are able to maybe check um because our ai will pick up whether or not it's 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 um authentic matching an authentic signature we can do that but we don't want to be the ones that are saying definitively without bringing it in house and that's a whole different company when you start bringing things in house 
So as a, as a young company, how are you getting the word out? I mean, I, I know that I've, I've seen a couple of, of, you know, very nice articles written about you guys. And uh, I know you have a Facebook page. How, how else are you trying to get uh, get the word out? Well, we're, we're on all the social, the usual places, TikTok, YouTube, um, Facebook, Instagram. So we're, we're hitting the users where they are right now, the, the, the hobbyists, where they are engaging about their cards. We're engaging with them there as well. Uh, we're creating content, organic content, um, talking about cards. We have a content team, as you saw, that, uh, Brock and Evan, who interviewed Brian Urlacher. Um, they have several different um kind of uh, ways to add value back to the community um, by doing hobby 101s and education and, and, and putting out video content and blogs about the hobby, best ways to ship your card, um, you know, etiquette at a, at a card show, things like that, where we're engaging um, the hobbyists right where they are. So, and we're also, we have traditional ads and, and all the things, um, but that's really how we're getting the word out right now. And also we're going to shows, we're creating a show, we're going to shows, we're talking to folks. We're also going to hobby shops themselves and building relationships with card shop owners. And um, so it's it's kind of traditional boots on the ground and then digital marketing strategies as well. But it's hard. You know, it's hard to get people's eyes on it. I have like I always think more macro. And I said, how many commercials have you seen for cards in your life? I've never seen a card. I don't think I have either. So I'm uh, going to the Field of Dreams game uh, next week. And we're meeting with the president of Tops, and I'm going to pitch him the fact that if we can partner with Tops and hand out cards at like Sox Park, right, and give it to him and put our QR code there or on the wall, and you know grow the hobby and get people out there and back into it, because I mean everyone loves collecting cards. If I guarantee, if they're at a baseball game, 90% of those people have collected cards. So I want to I want to try to open it up that way. You know, go to the fans, go right where they're at and partner with these big companies because um, and help us get out there. You know, you hit on something uh, I want to ask you about again, because uh, with, the, with the content crew and how undervalued I think that is that you can teach people what to look for, how to go about this. You know, I never even thought about etiquette at a, at a card show. I'm sure that, you know, the folks that are behind those tables are like, okay, you're annoying, good away from me. Or, you know, you know, please do it the right way. I mean, it's like anything. I mean, like you get, you got to learn etiquette on a golf course. You got to learn etiquette wherever you go. That, that, that to me right there is amazing. I think that that's, uh, that's, that's something I think a lot of people could probably get on board with. Yeah. And we, 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 one of our taglines is that we're for the hobby by the hobby. And we really are, are most of the, the team here are deep hobbyists. They are collectors and they understand, um, kind of the vernacular of the hobby and, um, they go to these shows. This is their life. They breathe these cards. They love it. And so it just it creates an authentic uh, brand, really, in that we're, again, meeting the hobby right where they are, loving the cards, talking about the athletes, talking about their value. Um, yeah. I, I think it's amazing. And I, I think that, uh, you know, you, you're feeling a need that I don't think a lot of people realize they needed. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. You don't realize you need it until you see it. Yep. Yeah. Well, it's the truth. I mean, that, that's kind of how, like I said, that's kind of how I found you guys because I'm thinking, all right, I'm going to have to go buy all these things to, to stack my cards and put them this there, put them there. And I'm still not going to, you know, someone's going to say, okay, where's your 1989 Darren Jackson card? I'm like, I, I have no idea. It's in one of these boxes. I can't find it. Yeah. It is nice to digital, you know, you'll be able to sort your whole collection just by a search word. So I'm, I'm a Sox fan. So, I want to collect Tim Anderson. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, so I'll, I'll have a T8 uh, 
you know, collection and I'll have, and we have the ability to put it into like your own little folder. So I could have, you could have your, your Darren Jackson folder, your Tony Gwynn, your, you know, Santo. And it's like those little binders, you know, and you can go yeah. through them and um, yeah, it's fun. It, it brings it just, like I said, it brings people back to a time of yesteryears. <laughs> you know, it's funny, you, know, you said you were uh, trading and I have no idea what any of that's worth or how to do any of that stuff. But I'm thinking to myself now, as I've decided to start buying some of the, the 2022 Series 1, you know, Heritage Collection cards from Tops, and I'm kind of futures trading right now because I'm trying to think to myself, okay, which of these guys is going to be the one that th- this card's going to be worth something? And it's amazing to me because, you know, yeah, I can go back and I know which, I know which guys are valuable in the past. You know, the 2019 cards are over-the-top expensive because of guys like Fernando Tatis Jr. and because of Vladimir Guerrero Jr., and you know, now it's like, okay, well, who's the next big thing? I mean, and, and it's it's fun to kind of do that. Yeah, it is. I mean, it is fun because there's a lot of people that just kind of go big on one person. Uh, and they're like, look, Bobochette. I'm just yeah. going big on Bobochette. I'm going to get as many cards as I can. And if Bobochette becomes, you know, the next, you know, whoever, uh, name the player, then, you know, your collection is huge. Quarterbacks in the NFL are the ones that – that's the one where you can just, like, you pick a lane. If it's Mac Jones, people just go crazy about Mac Jones and everything they have is Mac Jones. And they're the biggest, they're number one in their fan club, you know, like their collection, they could have bought it for five grand and it could be worth 5 million, you know, if he hits it like a Brady, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm going to show you guys a card too. I'm going to show, uh, this is one of the heritage collection cards from tops and they're, they're yeah. modeled after the 1973, uh, baseball cards that I remember collecting as a kid. But it's this Jonathan India one that I'm showing you with the rookie with the rookie of the year. I mean, to me, okay, I put that one aside and I put it in a plastic case because it's a rookie of the year, you know, and they're never going to be able to take that away from the guy. But does that yeah. mean that if he has a, a bad year this year that it's not going to be worth as much? I mean, you, you take the chance, right? Yeah, it definitely. I mean, that's a cool card. The throwbacks are cool. Those were a little hard to get, by the way, for the AI because it would always come up 1973. Oh, I got gotcha. you. Yeah. So, that card, that card's awesome. Uh, we figured that problem out, but yeah, I mean, Jonathan India, like he's a good baseball player, but we don't know. You know, you just don't know. But yeah, you're a futures trader, absolutely. It's amazing, and my parents can be so proud that I finally got to know the business world, right? Because I'm, I'm futures trading with baseball cards. <laughs> he did it. Let's open up an exchange. <laughs> yeah, congratulations to me, right? Yeah. Uh, well, guys, I really appreciate you taking the time. I've learned a lot. I mean, I think this is an amazing, amazing product that uh, I think a lot of people should check out, especially if you're in need of trying to value that card collection without having to pick it up and schlep it to the one hobby stores. If you, you know, maybe you trust these guys, maybe you don't. I mean, it's, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a crapshoot really. It is. And Andy, two things, um, come into the office, check it out, uh, bring your cards. Uh, the other thing off, I'll offer my guys to come on, come on and do a hobby one-on-ones if you want. Um, on the podcast, they're, they're entertaining guys. Yeah, so. break, break some cards. Break some cards. Yeah, yeah I mean, they, uh, they look like they're entertaining. They, that's the thing about this whole process. I think a lot of people started taking it way too seriously, and they, they need to realize what this is. It's, this is fun because, like you said, I'm going back to my front step in Glenview, Illinois, trading cards with my f- four best friends from kindergarten, you know, and it, it brings me back. And that, that, that brings me back to a simpler time when I didn't have to worry about a lot of things. Yes. Yes. And one, one thing that I want to share with you too, that that was important to Brian and I, when we started the business is that we were going to give back Um, from the very beginning. We knew that we wanted to find a way to connect with the community here in Chicago in some way. And 
Um, so we're going to be um, running for ALS Chicago, partnering with ALS Chicago. To, um, we thought that Lou Gehrig's um, uh, foundation was a, a great way for us to connect with the community and um, get our, our team here involved. So we're going to be running um, on the Country Soul Race that's in, I think it's late October, yep. uh, with ALS Chicago, um, and continue to work with them on uh, events to raise awareness for ALS as well. So important and so important to be a good neighbor. Uh, I, I, it's funny, I talked to the, 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 the guy over at uh, Obvious Shirts a couple of weeks ago, and they've done some great, great charity stuff with, with their shirts. And it's just so important, I think, to the community to realize that, you know, you're in it. To, obviously, you're in a business to make money. Let's not kid ourselves. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's the right. bottom line. That's the goal. But it's also a great thing to be a, a good partner and a good neighbor and, and, and give back. I, I commend you guys for that. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thanks, Sandy. Appreciate we really it. enjoyed being with you. It's been a fun chat. I, I enjoyed it. And I, like I said, I've learned a lot and I'm, I'm looking forward to coming in and uh, and seeing what my cards might be worth so I can go back to my fiance and say, see, this was worth it. Exactly. The honeymoon is yes. getting paid for. <laughs> exactly. We're, we're getting married in October. So it's like, come on, we got a wedding to pay for. Let's go. Let's get, make these cards happen, right? Awesome. That's awesome. awesome. Congratulations. Congratulations. A big thanks to Brian Ludden and Heather Dennison of Ludex and Ludex.com. Head to the Google Play or Apple App Stores to download Ludex for your phone. I'll be back to wrap things up in just a moment. The Andy Mazur Podcast is sponsored by Roots Pizza, part of the 5050 Group, with four locations throughout the city of Chicago, South Loop, Old Town, Lincoln Square, and the flagship restaurant in West Town. Roots features Quad City-style pizza with the ingredients on top of the cheese, and it's cut into strips. The crust is malted for that hint of sweetness with every bite. Don't forget to order the mozzarella sticks. They are simply life-changing. Roots is open for dine-in and carry-out. For the restaurant location near you, head to rootspizza.com or download their app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Roots Pizza, take it from me. It's so good. The Andy Mazer Podcast. Now back to Andy. That's going to do it for this edition of the Andy Mazer Podcast, sponsored by Roots Pizza. Head to rootspizza.com for more information. I'd like to thank Brian and Heather of Ludex and Ludex.com once again for joining us today. Also, please hit that subscribe button wherever you're hearing this podcast so I know you're out there and enjoying what you're hearing. If you do want to get in touch, head to the Facebook page for the Andy Mazur Podcast, and you can leave a comment right there. Also, we're on YouTube with clips and highlights of each episode of this podcast. That's it for this episode. Many thanks to the Big Earn, Ernie Scatton, the big voice man, for his help as always. And again, thanks to Brian and Heather for joining me. And mostly, thanks to you for listening. Until next time, it's Andy Mazur saying, play nice, kids. Take care. Andy Mazur. Hi, pal.